Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. It is my joy to be with you. For those who are tuning in week after week, thank you so much for spreading the word about this podcast, telling your friends and family. So many great testimonies are coming back of people being challenged, inspired, blessed by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Ephesians 5.14. This is what the Apostle Paul said to the church of Ephesus. So as believers, we need an awakening for our eyes to see who our Father is in heaven, who Jesus is, that we can see who we are in him, all that we possess because of his finished work, so we can truly make a difference in the kingdom of of men for the kingdom of heaven. And so thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you are new to the podcast, um, we have a new show every Monday and Thursday streaming on charismapodcastnetwork.com. You could also find us in the Charisma Plus app, you know, hundreds of shows. I've got probably about 120 something shows on there right now that you could just listen to a lot of hours of content there. You could also Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere that podcast are listened to. You can go ahead and top, uh, tap into Awaken Podcast. Um, I want to dive in today. No further ado. I want to have my guest on the show and have as much time as possible with him to share about his life and Jesus in his life. And so um, my guest today is Todd White. He is um, he was a drug addict and an atheist for 22 years until 2004. He was radically set free by Jesus Christ. He believes in the redemption and righteousness that are found in being a new creation in Christ. His desire is to see the Holy Spirit flowing through believers everywhere, at work, school, grocery stores, malls, gas stations. I was first introduced to Todd White through Darren Wilson's films, Fury, uh, Furious Love, Father of Lights, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost Reborn. And so he has a school as well, Lifestyle Christianity University, um, here in the DFW area. And um, he also wrote a book. He's, he's a pastor of Lifestyle Christianity Church. And so anyway, travels the globe, and he his desires for people just to live the normal Christian life of spreading the kingdom of God. And so thank you, Todd, for joining me today. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. And so I know that you, I want to dive right in. I know that you just recently released a book called the Todd White story. Life is short, leave a legacy. And you share your testimony throughout the book. It's also chock full of scripture. And so, man, I just, I I truly believe that those that grab a hold of it will be blessed, inspired, challenged, live the normal Christian life. Let's just, I, I would love to lay a foundation here and just tell us, I know you come from a dark past and you're very open about that in your book. And I'm, I'm also very curious to hear about this as well, because I know you had a negative perception of Christians when you were when you were lost and in the world. So tell us a little bit about you know your past and also your view of Christians. Yeah, um, well, I, basically, I mean, I grew up in the world. I didn't have anybody ever share the gospel with me for 34 years. Wow. And so I, you know, I walked the streets. I lived the life. I, I went to school just like everybody does. I've I just never had anybody pause to tell me the good news. I had no idea who Jesus was. I thought, I thought Jesus was for, you know, good people. I thought Jesus was for church people. I thought that he was for those people that went on Sunday, dressed up nice and, and then went into that building and closed doors. I had no clue. And I didn't know that Jesus was real. I just thought that these people were people that claimed to know God, but I didn't see anything in their life that I'd really want in mine. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't have anything in my life that anybody else wanted because <laughs> my, my life was full of addiction and full of anger and full of hatred. Um, but what, what, what had happened was that at 11, my parents got divorced and I got put, um, my, my dad left and I just lost it when dad left. You know, I lost my yeah. father mm-hmm. in that, like he wasn't in my house anymore. I didn't know anything was going on. And when that happened, it really hit me 
really bad. So I turned to just rebelling and just got angry and started to destroy stuff, started to manipulate, started to lie, started to all that stuff. So my mom, in order to protect me and to protect her home and to to make sure that I was taken care of, found a place that I could go where they would actually take care of me and people could be kind of over me as far as like house parents and just people mm -hmm. that could keep track of me and I could get a good education. And so I ended up going to a place called the Masonic Homes. And I'm in there at 11 years old. And by 12 years old, I'm fully addicted to anything that I could get to make me feel better. Yeah, um, I had already started addiction like most men do, most kids do, most boys do. Um, younger at eight years old, I was addicted to pornography, mm -hmm. but that was, you know, I didn't consider that an addiction. I just thought that was just growing up. I'm sure. becoming a man, you yeah. know? So, <laughs> yeah. so anyway, I just, I went through that and years in the home and then uh, I was, I was 17 years old or I was almost 17 years old. I got kicked out of this place. I came home. My mom was remarried. My stepdad just tried to be my father and nobody was going to be my father. And I rebelled and ran away and came home and ran away. So I ended up um, getting out of high school and I joined the Marine Corps to try to straighten it out. I went into the military, went to boot camp, did really well because I mouthed off the whole time. So they pretty much <laughs> broke me. Sure. Um, and in, in like these few weeks at boot camp, I lost like 76 pounds, buddy. Wow. So um, here I'm this machine. No one's going to touch me. I am invincible. I come home. Then I go back. Um, after leave and I started partying again, started drinking, started partying. Then I ran away, went AWOL, ended up running away to Colorado, hit in the mountains, got arrested, got put in jail, got extradited, came back, got put on in the brig at, down the military base. I was in there for a little while inside the brig, about five and a half months. I got mm -hmm. out. They were going to court martial me. Well, they already court martialed me. They were going to, you know, discharge me, told me it was going to be a year and a half till I got my full discharge, but I went I said, I'm out of here. I went AWOL again, ran away, went out West, got arrested a year later, got put in jail, got extradited the second time. So I had not started out this life very well. And I had been pretty much a train wreck. Um, mm -hmm. I ended up getting caught, getting extradited the second time, getting put in the brig, was in there. I was like the worst case scenario. I was, I was the guy that caused the most trouble everywhere I went. And I was like a freight train for darkness, man. And yeah. I manipulated, maneuvered to get my way. Anyway, I, I got extradited the second time, got put in the brig, got kicked out, got a bad conduct discharge, came out, met a girl in a bar when I was clubbing, tricked her into thinking I'm amazing. I'm giving you the nutshell. The sure. book has the whole testimony oh, yeah. in it. Uh -huh. but, but I ended up, ended up, you know, getting with this girl. We ended up, she got pregnant. We had this, we had our daughter about, you know, nine months later, about a year and a half in. And when she was born, I, the thought of suicide hit me and this mm. depression and anger and just jealousy took over me where I thought, you know, if, if she, this girl leaves me, I have nothing. If she leaves me, I'm killing myself. Yeah. And if she leaves me for another man, I'm going to take him out, take her out and then take myself out and mm. then leave our daughter with nobody. And so I had no idea how to be a, a father. I had no idea how to be a person that would provide I quit or got fired from each job that I would try to do. I'd get high on the way just to take my drug test to get the job, man. My life was messed up. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So she was with me for nine years, had a seven and a half year old kid. Um, I went out one night um, just to get drugs, came back. She was gone. So she left. So I was going to do it. I was going to go to the, go to her stepdad's house. I was going to get a rifle. I was going to put a gun in my mouth, write a goodbye letter and blow my brains out. And so on the way to the gun cabinet, I passed by a phone book. 
and I flipped it open, and I, I, I don't know what I was looking for. I just flipped it open, just cut the pages down, and it opened to churches. Now, I was not a churchgoer. I did not go to church. I had no clue, no grid for that. Didn't have anybody in my family that was church people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't know anybody in my life that was. So I drove to this church as angry as I could be, and I met this pastor. And he and I, I he was just happy, and I couldn't get. I was just so angry that he was so happy. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, what is so funny? What are, what are you laughing at? Like, you know. And he was like, no, it's not that. It's it's Jesus. Why well, didn't come there to hear about Jesus? I had no grid for Christianity, none of it. So this guy ended up telling me, if you don't want your, since you were going to take your life and you don't want it, why don't you give it to somebody that does? Wow. And I couldn't understand why anybody would want what I had brought into the world because all I did was hurt people. And he said, well, it's not about what you've done. It's about what Jesus did. And so, man, after me arguing with him for a little bit, he shared the gospel with me. And he said, you know, why don't you give your life to him? And I'm like, whatever, man. If he wants it, he can have it. I didn't pray some beautiful (laughs) prayer. I basically didn't surrender. I incorporated Jesus in to appease my girlfriend to come home to say, hey, now everything's going to change. So I I know I wanted it inside, but I had no idea how to have it. And there was no way for me to get to this God this pastor had, because how do you get to an invisible God? Mm -hmm. And so I I just have no idea. I mean, I believed in all kinds of stuff, vampires, ghosts, UFOs, werewolves, you name it. I believed in all that stuff. So there was this little bit of a seed inside of me that believed, hey, maybe he did raise from the dead. I mean, hey, I believe in ghosts. I mean, isn't that the same thing? Mm Mm-hmm. So I ended up going home from that church that day. He gave me his number and I called my daughter and told her that daddy found God. And she said, daddy, what's he like? And I said, I have no idea, (laughs) but I met a man today that said his God's going to change our life, change your daddy's life. And she said, mommy's never coming home, daddy. And she ended up kicking and screaming, getting mommy to come home. And when she came home, I told her everything was going to change. And I ended up that first night out on another Coke binge, man, because I was hooked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I came home in the morning. She's up waiting for me as usual with my daughter waiting for me. You hypocrite, you liar. You told me that everything was going to change, you know, and man, I wanted it to, but I had no idea. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. five and a half months went by, same old stuff. And man, I'm living this lie, going to church, singing real loud, hands raised, looking around, seeing who all can see me. Just, you know, I wanted to be heard by people. I wanted to seem important. I wanted to seem valuable. I had no idea, man. And I went out one night, five and a half months in, and I ripped off a drug dealer. Had him in my car, some kid from New York City. I told him I was a cop, beat him for his drugs, took the cocaine from him, wow. told him to get out of the car, put his hands on the hood. And, and when, I, when, when I told him that, he got out. And as soon as his one leg was out and his other, one took, his other leg touched the ground, I hit the gas, and he spun around, and he unloaded a 9 millimeter at me from like 10 feet away. Mm-hmm. When the bullets came out of that gun, a voice said, I took those bullets for you. Are you ready to live for me yet? And I had no idea of what was happening, (laughs) except I'm shot. Um, It's done. Yeah. It's over. And that voice was just as loud, if not louder than the blast that came out of that gun. The guy was point blank. He was only within 10 feet from my car. Yeah. So the flashes of light went through my vehicle and I thought, I'm dying. I'm I'm shot. I got to hurry up and do these drugs. So I, I went out of town and I started to do all these drugs wow. and the voice kept coming back and killing my buzz, stopping me from getting high all night long. And I'd stolen a large amount of cocaine from crack cocaine from this kid. And it was real. The kid was from New York. It was a real gun. He was a real, he was a real thug, 15 year old, 16 year old kid that unloaded that thing at me. And it was real. And that voice wouldn't go away. And now it was tormenting me. I took those bullets for you. Are you ready to live for me yet? That's what the voice said. 
So I pull into my driveway. I get out of the car. I have to know where the bullets hit. And when I looked at my vehicle, I had not one bullet hole or scratch on my whole car. And I went to the door. And she said, get out of my life. My daughter's screaming. I left. I went away to a place called Teen Challenge. I went up to this rehab and I sought the Lord, man. I knew that he had done this. I knew he was real, but I didn't know how to get to him. And I couldn't read. I had the ADHD. I had learning comprehension disorders. I was highly dysfunctional when it came to reading. I just never had read a book my whole life for 34 years. And so I'm going into the prayer room every morning up there, lost my daughter, lost my girlfriend. And all of a sudden the word of God came alive and it was real. And the first thing that happened in my life was that God, you know, we, we had had a, we had had this discussion the day before in Teen Challenge, and the discussion was on trials and how we're considerate joy when we face trials. And I just freaked out. I said, how can you love it when you're in front of a judge? You know, I, I, there's not joy in that because I was always guilty. I'm in an orange jumpsuit. I'm in shackles and chains. I'm going to jail. I mean, I'm guilty. And every time I was in front of a judge, I was guilty every time. <laughs> so I, I yeah. was reading this scripture right after that says, count of joy if you face various trials. And it was about asking the Lord in James 1, lacking wisdom, ask God, he'll give it to you. And the scripture seemed to jump off the page. And I realized that I didn't have any wisdom, that I was wisdomless. I was actually celebrating the fact that I didn't have wisdom and that God would give me wisdom if I asked him. So I'm asking him, saying, God, I don't have any wisdom. And I know you're real. You saved my life. But if you saved my life, why'd you save it for if I'm not going to know who you are? And I'm just kind of crying out. And all of a sudden the lights came on and scripture started to be real to me. And I said, I hate trials. I hate them. And the Lord spoke to me in this still small voice. And he said, that's because you're always guilty. (laughs) And all of a sudden I'm like, well, yeah, I'm always guilty. And he said, I say you're not guilty. Wow. And I just was going beside myself because there's no way that I'm not guilty. I did all these things. And then he started to reveal the cross to me, the reality of what righteousness means and what redemption means. And I'm brand new. I mean, I'm not only but a couple of days old in the Lord, but he's showing me the cross and he's showing me the power of the blood of Jesus. And I'm so excited that I can't, I just can't stop. I'm screaming, yelling. It's like a whole new life. And I realized that when I came to God, John the Baptist did not say, behold, the Lamb of God that forgives the sin of the world. John the Baptist was, uh, was preparing the way for Jesus, but he, when he saw Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away That's right. the sin of the world. Forgiving and taking away are two different things. Even mm-hmm. though they're one and the same, forgiving and removing it so that like, God forgets it because it says that God takes our sin and throws it into a sea that he named forget. He forgot. He named it forgetfulness. It's, it's, he named the sea forgotten. <laughs> And so so when that happened to me and I realized God doesn't see me for my faults, my failures, he sees me through my belief that Jesus was enough. And it hit me with the simplicity of this gospel that God forgave me. And I was no longer this wretched sinner that had been saved by grace. But God showed me that he had that he had in mind for me more more than just me being a sinner. He wanted me to be a son. And so the reality of sin is true, but something underneath of that sin was of so much value for God to pay such a high price to get, to redeem. And so sin was the factor, but sonship was the priority. And so when God showed me that he created me in his image to be his son, 
that sin had to get out of my life. And when I came to Jesus, old things passed away and all things became new. And the reality of this is he took my sin-filled conscience and he washed it by his blood. And he's enabled me to live like a son ever since. And it's so powerful because my life has been renewing my mind, not being conformed to the world, but going after the word and going after the truth of what God says I am. Who does God say I am? You know, Jesus asked the disciples, he said, who do men say that I am? You know, when he's talking to them and Peter answered him. But at first they're like, some say this and some say that. And some say this, Jeremiah, one of the prophets, John, I mean, they're saying a lot of things. He said, but who do you say I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ. You're the son of God. You're the Messiah. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon. You didn't come up with that one yourself. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but the father did. And he said that this revelation he's going to build the church on. And it's the revelation of Jesus. So who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to me? So who is the father to me? And so there is where my life started, man. I ended up leaving Teen Challenge after three dreams um, in a row, three nights in a row. I left and I went home and I realized that it was going to take a while for my daughter to get over this and for my, you know, my girlfriend to forgive me. I mean, I threatened her life, buddy, for years. Mm -hmm. When I got there, I found out that my girlfriend had given her life to Christ and we ended up getting married four days later. And that was almost 17 years ago. (laughs) I love the radical transformation of the cross. Just one glimpse, just one glimpse of Jesus and his, the love in his eyes and the blood that he shed can transform even, you know, it doesn't matter how hard the heart doesn't matter how deep the darkness, how disgusting the darkness, it doesn't matter when we were enemies of God in our own minds, he loved us and he died for us. So incredible. What a beautiful story. And through identity, when, when you, when you got this revelation of the cross and not only forgiveness, but that he took your sin and plunged it into the sea of forgetfulness that literally past, present, future sins absorbed in the body of Jesus Christ, completely forgotten. When you began to get that revelation of sonship and identity and the unconditional love of God, well, you said he, 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 he restored your relationship. You guys got married. He did so many beautiful things there. Um, and then from that place, because I know you talk a lot about, you know, the, the, um, the everyday Christian life, the normal Christian life, your ministry is lifestyle Christianity. So at the end of the day, you, you truly believe that every single believer is supposed to minister to the lost, that it's not just the, you know, the evangelist on, you know, on the stage or the, you know, the, the, the guy who's gifted as an evangelist, but it's every single believer is supposed to minister the beautiful gospel of Christ, that it is our identity to be that. And so how did this wound up, wind up happening in your life? So the Lord changed you. He broke chains off of you, depression, drug addiction, and now did you just become a witness immediately you just want to tell everyone about jesus how did that begin to manifest immediately buddy it was over when i when i realized that he loved me it was over i told everyone i mean everywhere i went i told and and you know what 17 years later it hasn't stopped it's just increased (laughs) yeah and so with my heart i just i went after this you know it says in in the book of acts it says that these disciples you know after jesus was crucified after he's resurrected and the Holy Ghost was poured out. And these disciples had the Holy Spirit. This is after Book of Acts. Mm-hmm. And after Book of Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came, he made his home inside of these guys. So they were brought in, in front of the Sanhedrin. And it said that they realized that these men were uneducated and untrained men. Mm-hmm. But they realized that they had been with Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So every Christian on the planet, 
can be a person that people know, like the things in your life, they see what's going on in your life and they can know that you are a person that has been with Jesus. You do not have to be educated. You do not have to be trained. What you need to be is surrendered. Yeah. And so with me, I, I didn't have anybody talk to me. I mean, I almost went to hell, buddy. I mean, literally. I mean, the guy unloaded a nine millimeter. I should have been shot. I should have been killed. And I should have went to hell. But God's grace redeemed me. But he didn't redeem me without purpose. You know, you said about the scripture, you know, awake. Oh, sleeper, Christ will give you life. But it, <laughs> but it also says right there, redeem the time. Yeah. The days are evil. So bring every second back to the reason why it was created. Time was created to glorify the Father. And so for me, that, that doesn't mean that you don't have to be like the, this weird thing that witnessing has moved to just the evangelist or, or just the pastor inside the church or just the apostle or just the prophet. And, and the weird thing is, is it was never supposed to move away from everybody becoming a witness. Yeah. When you get saved, when you get born again, when you give your life to Jesus, you immediately leave the kingdom of darkness. You leave darkness and you enter into the kingdom of the son of his love. You are translated out of darkness and into light. You were lost and now you're found. You were blind and now you see. You were dead and now you're alive. There, the distinction between there is there's no middle place. There's you were this or you're that you were this and now you're that. So when we start to see that and understand that all of a sudden you want to tell the world, you want to tell everybody about it. I mean, what, That's right. what privilege could be greater to tell people about than eternity with God? When you realize that there is eternally, there's eternity separated from God or eternity with God, you can't help but to tell people that you can spend eternity with God and eternity doesn't start when you die. Eternity starts when you become born again. That's right. So when I become born again, I step into eternal life. Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they might know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ the one whom you have sent. That word no isn't no about. That word no is experiential understanding, experiential knowledge, experiencing God, experiencing him now, everywhere I go, every day. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first got saved, I was, I was just so zealous and people were like, wow, you know, we don't want you to be that seed that falls on the, on the rock and, and just doesn't have any roots. And, and all of a sudden it burns up. So everybody was concerned. I had so many people telling me, listen, man, this is a marathon, not a sprint. You want to be around for the long haul. And I just didn't understand it because when I read my Bible, I didn't see marathon or sprint inside of there. All I saw was race. All I saw was run as one that is competing to win the prize, not competing with others, but you are in a, you're in a competition. You're in, you're competing with the enemy in that he is trying to gain souls for darkness and you are trying to bring souls to light. And so with me, it (laughs) just became this every day being conscious of Christ. As I grew in my awareness of God's love for me, the love of Christ compelled me, the love of Christ, the love of Christ constrained me, constrained me to go after this thing and to tell everybody. You know, I started to pray for the sick. I, I saw somebody get healed at a healing service. Um, they came in with leukemia. They were on hospice. They came in, they got prayer. They walked out of there the same way that they came in. And I was like, okay, like, that was awesome. I mean, what do you see when someone gets healed? Because with leukemia, you got to know doctor supports all that. Two weeks later, it came in that that leukemia was completely gone and they mm. were gaining weight and they were completely healed. <laughs> and when I found that out, I freaked out. And I said, there's no way that I am going to let this pass me by. Is this for me? 
And I saw scripture in Mark, in Mark 16, it says, these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they will lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. I mean, when you look at the basics of a believer, you look at Mark 16, it says, in my name, they'll cast out devils. So like, what if church membership was, hey guys, in order for you to be a member, you have to cast this devil out of this demoniac. So the demoniac, they bring him on the stage. Who wants to be a member? And then, and then they come up and cast the devil out. That's just not for today. They think yeah. well, mm-hmm. that's a little bit wild. That's crazy. No, that's Christianity. Christianity is casting out devils. I mean, Christianity is healing the sick. Christianity is prophesying. But Christianity is doing all those things out of the place of God's love and the reality of God's love for you and the reality of your love for your neighbor. So this is such a powerful thing. So I just started to pray for people. I didn't see anybody get healed. My my wife, brand new. Now we've been together nine years. And all of a sudden my wife, she's like, I I just I disagree with what you're doing. And I I didn't tell her she was wrong. All I said was, look what the Bible says. She said, I don't care. You're not a pastor. She just didn't understand. And yeah. I mm-hmm. was a sure. very confrontational person before, like very confrontation, but it was very dark confrontation. Yeah. Like I was just the guy, the life of the party. I was the guy to, to cut somebody up really quick with jokes. You couldn't outcut me. I would get you. <laughs> but I, I was the guy that was the maneuver, the manipulator, but it was for darkness. And yeah. when God showed me while I was on the earth, man, that thing totally flipped up a whole like 360. And I became this, this beacon of light for Jesus and telling everybody everywhere. So I ended up, I ended up in two weeks, my girlfriend wouldn't, or my wife now, she wouldn't go anywhere with me anymore. She just stopped going shopping. She stopped going everywhere. And then nine months, she wouldn't even go out of the house with me. She would go to (laughs) church on Sunday because I wasn't allowed to pray for anybody at church, which was fine. But then when it came to Walmart, she wouldn't shop. She wouldn't go anywhere. Uh, And I started to see miracles. Three and a half months, I prayed for about between 900 and 1,000 people because I added it up. So I, I prayed for about an average of 10 people every day and 10 people every day for, you know, for, for three months, three and a half months is between nine and 900 and a thousand people. Mm-hmm. I didn't see anybody healed. Not one person manifested any kind of healing. And then one day I got a word of knowledge and where God spoke to me about somebody's discs and sciatic nerve, we prayed, Jesus healed them and I had breakthrough and it was the most amazing thing ever, but I never allowed what people didn't see influence what I needed to see. Yeah, I never allowed an experience that didn't line up with God determine whether God's word was real. Yeah, well, a lot of people give up so quickly when they when they're not seeing immediate immediate you know um, healing miracles breakthrough when you pray for people. But a scripture just keeps swirling in my mind: First Peter two nine, where it says, "You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim okay. the excellencies of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light." So this scripture this yeah. this, this scripture isn't just for the pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers. This is. Every believer, we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Then he he did this so that we may proclaim the excellencies of Him who has called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. And so let me, you know, this that's, that, right. that's just a scripture that was swirling in my spirit as you were sharing your story because this is a scripture that backs up. This is for everybody. We are a chosen people. We that's are right. made to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. But at the same time, like what? Just seeing nine hundred people. 
thousand people potentially not being healed. What drove you? What do you what do you think it was? Was it just God refining your faith? Like, what is your perspective on that? Because I know there's people that they just give up so soon. They don't see the breakthrough yeah. and they just give up and they never step into that realm of seeing the impossible. Yeah. You know, it doesn't say that we're in a walk of faith. It says we're in a fight of faith. Mm. And so the fight of faith is different than just walking faith. Yeah. You can walk and believe God, but fighting, look, anything that you want from God, you're going to have to press in for. Yeah. You're going to have to press in. You're going to have to go after this. You're going to have to have diligence. You're going to have to have a militance where you're going to set your sights on something and not go to the left or right. You can't afford to waver. And so in this process of growing and seeing all these people, what I never did was let that person walk away thinking that they were some kind of subject yeah. or project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I made sure that everyone knew that they were loved by God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So regardless of the miracle, I made sure that the one miracle of God loves them, cares for them, and values them, I made sure that they knew that. So my number one priority has never moved away. I need them to know the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. I need them to know that. And so, yes, I want them healed, but I didn't get to see the breakthrough that I wanted, but I knew that I was going to. And then I, I just I remembered the testimony. Like when you think about the testimony, when you think about the testimony, what it does is it impregnates your heart with faith for it to happen again. Mm -hmm. So that testimony of that, just that one man that got healed of leukemia, it was real. I saw the medical report. It was legitimate. It was something Mm -hmm. where doctors said it's a medical phenomenon. We can't explain it, but you're discharged from hospice. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't happen. That hit me like a ton of bricks. And when I saw the scripture, these signs will follow them that believe. That right there is the only scripture that I hung on when it came to praying for the sick. Why? Because it didn't say these signs will follow especially anointed pastors, especially yep. anointed mm-hmm. apostles, especially mm-hmm. anointed prophets. Yep. It said them that believe. And then another scripture where Jesus says in John fourteen twelve, it says these same works that I do and greater ones are believers going to do. Like believers, not not a special office, just a believer, a basic believer. So Jesus said, he who believes in me, these same things that I do, works that I do, and greater works will they do because I'm going to go to be with the Father. Mm-hmm. So I looked at that, and I saw that when Jesus healed the sick, and this is very controversial for some people. I don't know why. Jesus was fully God and fully man, but Jesus chose not to use his divinitive rights when he was here and he walked the earth. And he was a he was God's son. He was human form, fully God, never stopped being God for a moment. But he chose not to use his divinitive rights to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, to raise the dead or to cast out devils. Jesus didn't use that. What he did was he fully depended upon God, the Holy Spirit that was dwelling in him and resting upon him for every great work that he did. That's right. He says it. He says, the son can do nothing of himself, John 5, 19. But what he does, he does because the father does it. For what the father does, the son does in like manner. So how can I know what the father's doing? Well, I have to find out what God's will is. What is God's will? The Lord's prayer. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Where? Here. Mm -hmm. Thy will be done on this earth the same as it is in heaven. Can I picture somebody with any kind of sickness in heaven? Absolutely not. Can I picture somebody with depression in heaven? Absolutely not. Can I picture somebody with 
the loss that we go through here in heaven. Absolutely not. It's the sweet old by and by. There's going to be no way for any of that stuff to touch us. Well, Jesus couldn't have healed the sick if that stuff existed in heaven because he only came down to do the Father's will. How did he know the Father's will? Through agency of Holy Spirit. So the same Holy Spirit now, Romans 8, 11, that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. I have the same Holy Spirit. Why did Jesus say, he who believes in me, the same works and greater he who believes in me is going to do because I'm going to go to be with the Father. Why was that because there? Because until Jesus went to be at the fa- with the Father, the promise of the Holy Ghost wasn't poured out. But on the day of Pentecost, the same parakletos, one just like, right, came just like Jesus to not just walk with the disciples, but came to dwell in in the disciples. That's he right. said, I will not leave you as orphans. Mm-hmm. I will send another just like me. And so what happened was the disciples got the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The miraculous broke out in their lives because Jesus, through agency of Holy Spirit, the same, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. So when I'm praying for God's kingdom to come, for his will to be done, it says in, in Romans fourteen seventeen, the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And that same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in me and upon me. What does he want to do? The same works and greater than what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. How does he do that? Through my obedience yes. and for me going after this thing and not letting anything take me to the left or right. So mm-hmm. I've diligently just paid attention to very core principles. Like in my book, like one of the greatest things about this is that I go through this whole journey, step by step, the journey of what it looked like, what I believed, what I was thinking. Yes, and honestly, yes. the same principles work today because they're no different. It's all biblical. That's the right. whole thing is mm-hmm. lined with scripture. And, and, and the, the, probably the, my greatest, my greatest, my, the greatest thing in my life, I believe, is that I have lived for almost 17 years with no guilt, no shame, and no condemnation. And that right there is a miracle. It's the miracle of righteousness. It's the miracle of what the blood can do for you. Because if you see who God's created you to be, you will have miracles that flow through your life, but you'll never need to gain approval from people through the miracles. Your validation doesn't come through you healed the sick. Your validation yes. comes through mm-hmm. you're, you're the father's son or you're the father's daughter in whom he's well pleased. And that right there is core and it has to remain core. It's the core training. Righteousness is the core training of the gospel. So I've never gained my identity because someone got healed. I, yes. I just, somebody got healed. Look, you, you got the disciples that were deputized by Jesus that were walking the earth that like were healing the sick and they thought, who's first? Like I'm first. No, you're, no, I'm first. No, get out of my way before Jesus was crucified and resurrected because these guys were orphans with power. And the body of Christ can get the gifts. And what happens is the gift comes on you. But if you don't know that you're a son, you will operate as an orphan with power and you will blow up cities. Wow. So what we need to do is we need to understand what it means to have the father, to be his son, to be his daughter, to have your identity straight. I'm telling you, man, this right here is 16 years in the making. And for me, like we have the book right now, people can go to toddwhiteministries.com or toddwhiteministries.org and they can order the book. But, you, but honestly, like this, I've got like, let me just share. I've got Absolutely. little kids. Like my first, my, our, fir- our first book launch, like the, fir- the day we launched. The next day we've got kids because we have our church here. Um, we had, um, gosh, just, 
just recently, we had 213 kids in Children's Church right here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. It's amazing. We do service at 1030 in the morning at 6 and at 6 at night. And I have chosen to come off the road to stay home, to be here, to be present, and to go after this thing. You know, we have our school, our identity school, and we have a new school that's coming out that's a Friday night and a Saturday on March the 12th and March the 13th that is going to be a thing called Warriors Arise, where it's a intensive, an identity intensive, where you'll be equipped to do this stuff. But this little kid came up to me, and it was the next day, and he goes, hey, Todd White. I said, hey, buddy, what's going on? I was in kids' church. He goes, I just want you to know I, I, I'm, I'm on page 60 of your book. He goes, I can't put it down. And I'm like, this kid's six years old. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, I walked away. I, I had tears in my eyes. I go, this is crazy. The Lord said, you wrote it so a child can get it. Wow. And I'm mm. like, that's awesome. So good. I want to see kids. The kids don't get a junior Holy Spirit, buddy. That's right. That's you right. know, I, my, my kids are seeing are seeing the sick healed, are seeing miracles on a consistent basis. This is not like, this is not just for people that have been in the church for, for, for 30 to 40 years. This mm-hmm. is for every child of God that's born again, that's spirit-filled, that God is their father. And it's so important that we understand our identity as we're growing up in here. So this whole book is, life is short, leave a legacy. No matter how many years you're going to be here, leave a legacy of what God can do through a person that's yielded. What can God do through a person that's yielded and, and walking in obedience? I mean, this is such a short life. I don't care if it's 100 years. In the scope of eternity, 100 years is nothing, man. Yeah. And we mm-hmm. can affect so many people with the life that we live, with God flowing through us, with miracles, with people being delivered. Man, I've seen hundreds of people delivered in airports and Walmarts and grocery stores and drug stores and malls and parks and everywhere you go, you are a conduit for God to flow through. And we need to understand who we are so that we can see Satan. We need to step on his neck as we go through this life. Yes. We need to stop walking in fear. Yes. 100%. I'm glad you said that because that's how I want to close out this podcast because I know that there's people listening to you and they're like, this guy's so on fire for God. This guy's radical. He's his, his, you know, all, all this different stuff. And we're talking about this being normal Christianity for every single believer, regardless of what your temperament is, your personality. But there's so many people that are riddled with fear. And I love the key that you said earlier about it coming from a place of sonship because perfect love casts out fear. When we receive the perfect love of Christ into our heart, it casts out all fear and intimidation in our lives and we're able to step out in faith to do things that we wouldn't naturally do in our abilities and based on what we think our personality type is but what would you say to somebody I know you've touched on it a little bit but I just feel that there's some people listening to this like oh yeah Todd could do it but I'm still not totally convinced I struggle with intimidation and I just don't know how to get out of out of that that headspace what would you say to somebody like that to kind of get them on this journey Man, the, you know, it sounds so crazy because I've never been one to promote, just to promote stuff. But I'm telling you that if you go to ToddWhiteMinistries.com, order the book or go on, you can go on Kindle and you can get it. Read it for yourself and see how simple this really is. Honestly, it is going to come down. It's going to come down to you knowing the love of God. It really is. And the cross, the finished work. What did Jesus do? I mean, because if you got saved. What did you get saved from? And what did you get saved to? Those are two defining things that you need to understand. What did you get saved from? And what did you get saved to? Because where you got saved from has nothing to do with what you got saved to. Where you got saved to has nothing to do with where you got saved from. 
It's so powerful and mm. so important. And yes. even though this is spiritual, it is so important that our minds get renewed and we start to think from the way that God thinks instead of the way that we used to think. I mean, if God forgave you and forgot your sin, I promise you the devil didn't. And he wants to remind you to keep you looking back in a rearview mirror when you're driving your car, trying to fix yesterday, and there's no way to get past. You can't fix it. You can't go back. Regret produces death. It's the sorrow of the world. But godly, you know, godly repentance, repentance, it just, it produces a godly sorrow knowing that you can't fix it, but you can fix today and tomorrow. And so God just has an amazing plan for all of us. The reality of depression, anxiety, fear, just all those things, worry, all of those things are what the devil thinks every day. I mean, the devil's depressed, he's anxious, he's fearful, he is full of bitterness, he's full of unforgiveness, and there's no possible chance for him to ever repent, which means he's hopeless. So Satan is trying to reproduce his mindset in the body of Christ so that with our heart, we're headed to heaven, but with our mind, we're thinking like hell. Mm. So what we need to do is we need to have our minds changed. We need to change the way we think. We need to repent, refocus, and relook at everything from God's perspective. Like it says to be filled with the fullness of God in Ephesians 3, to be filled with the fullness of God. Now think about that. How big is God and how much of him would it take to fill you? Now, that's not what he said. He said to be filled with all the fullness of God is to know the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. So something so significant happened in Christ Jesus that God says it's contingent to you being filled with his fullness. Now, he's not talking about measure. He's talking about abundance beyond anything we can ask or think. I mean, it says in Ephesians also, it says this in in Ephesians again, in Ephesians um, 3, verse 20. It says that God wants to give you more then you can ask or think according to the power that he's placed inside of you. This isn't some kind of self-help scripture. God himself, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Holy Spirit isn't some mist. He's not some vapor. He is God that has come to dwell in the midst of you and live and move in you and have his way in you. There is something so powerful about just the revelation, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him that God wants to impart and to give people that will completely shift and transform the way you think in the blink of a moment. Yes. We're thinking it takes 12 years. You're wrong. Mm -hmm. It does not take, well, 12 years. It takes God breathing upon scripture. You have people that have grown up in church, man. And they're condemned and they've, they've lived that way. Or you have people that just got born again, but they grew up in church and they grew up religious and, and didn't know any better. And then all of a sudden they got saved and they say, oh man, brother, you're lucky you came in this way. I've got so much to unlearn. I've got good news and bad news. The good news is you don't have to go that route. The bad news is you can never unlearn. It's mm-hmm. not about unlearning. It's God told me, he said, Todd, if you just would get people to pull away when no one's looking and ask me to breathe upon the scripture that they already have in their heart. I will completely make them a beacon and a lighthouse in the midst Mm. of darkness immediately. So what we need to do is we need to step into intimacy with Jesus and he will transform and change you. And it's not difficult. It's really simple. And honestly, this book is just a simple look into this that a child can get. And if a kid can get this, like just a testimony just the other day, 
I heard of this 10-year-old kid that got a hold of the book. He reads it every morning at 6 o'clock in the morning. 10 years old, goes to school, and is a powerhouse witness for the Lord now. And that's just because of starting to read. I love that's this, so man. good. That's so good. It's so the book. The it Todd, is good. The Todd White story. Life is short. Leave a legacy. I even feel like that. You, if if you're if you're a believer and you have a friend or a family member that is trapped in darkness, you know, struggling with addiction, you know, uh, I, I believe this this book will even speak to an unbeliever, just saying like, no, it's possible to be free from this. It's for the believer it, to challenge you to live the authentic Christian life, but at the same time, you'll probably pass this off to your friends that are struggling with addiction but want to be free that are trapped in darkness and need to know Jesus and it's a, it's a simple read and the whole book is is the testimony of the Lord with scripture and so I just feel like this isn't just for believers but also unbelievers as well. Oh, absolutely. Well, the great thing is that like we had on book launch day just the different I went down to the fire conference with Daniel Kalenda and we had a you know a signing books and so many people came up and bought multiple copies. They were sowing them as seed into unbelievers. Yeah. Because honestly, it it's like a fishing lure. It literally is. Because, I, I mean, it doesn't have, when you look at the front, you've got me, you've got dreadlocks on the front. I'm yep. sitting there smiling at you. And it says the Todd White story. It doesn't say, look at how Jesus changed his life. Yeah, It's like life is short, leave a legacy. Everybody wants to leave a legacy, no yep. matter what. I mean, they mm-hmm. want to leave something for your kids, for your kids' kids, something. And so we're getting through life. This is literally like a fishing lure. And honestly, you can sow seed into unbelievers' lives. And we're seeing people saved, and it really is radical, man. It's awesome. Oh, so good. And honestly, you, you know, your church is in Dallas-Fort Worth um, area, um, yep. Lifestyle Christianity Church. You also have a university, Lifestyle Christianity University, where people are getting trained and equipped to, to live the normal yep. Christian life. And so, again, I know you mentioned the um, website before, but how do people find out about your church, you know, the, the university, and get the book and all that just before we end today? Yeah. Well, to go to find out about the church and the university, you'd go to lifestylechristianity.com. And to go and to get the book, you'd go to toddwhiteministries.com. So it's two totally different things, yet it's the same. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So toddwhiteministries.com is the book, and then lifestylechristianity.com is the church and the school. And again, if you can pause and take a break, even if it's just a Friday and a Saturday, Come on March 12th and March 13th. It's only, it's only a week and a half away or two weeks away. Honestly, Eddie James is coming to lead worship. We're going to do a Friday night service. We're going to do three services on Saturday. Sign up now. Um, and you, can, you can sign up there. Just go to, go to LifestyleChristianity.com to sign up for the conference. Awesome. Uh, and honestly, it's more of a school. It's an intensive where you're going to actually learn. You'll have hands-on, and our students are going to be there too. So we've got about 400 students at, uh, you know, at, at Lifestyle Christianity University to where it's an identity training school. It's like a discipleship school. It's a fast track into discipleship, into identity, realizing we have, we have students that have already gone through for, for two years. They're in their internship right now, third year's internship. We have other students that are going to sign up. They're going to come in September. Our school ends in May. But these students that are trained in outreach and all that stuff, that are seeing miracles, that are seeing people healed, that are seeing people saved, they'll actually be here and be a part of Warriors Arise and be able to take people out on outreach. It really is fun. And for us, outreach isn't go out to the street and be a street evangelist. For us, outreach is let's go to the mall, let's go to lunch, 
let's just bring Jesus with us, man. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Walmart. Let's go pick up some stuff, but let's bring the Lord with us. And how could we function in Walmart? Because see, if you've got a, a, a mom and her, and her three kids that are coming to a school, let's say uh, Warriors Arise, um, and they're coming, she's not going to be this street evangelist mom that's going to go out there. She's got three kids. So she's going to go grocery shopping. She's going to go to the mall. She's going to take her kids. Why not equip the whole family to hear God's voice so that shopping trips can be more about your stuff you're getting. It can be about the souls that you bring the Lord. Oh, that's so good. I even just, even just saying that, you know, my mother has, you know, she goes to stop and shop, which is a grocery store in New Jersey every single day almost. And for her, that is her time where she can go. She could get what she needs, but she sparks conversation with strangers. She shares the testimony of the Lord in her life, shares the gospel, prays for people. That is her ministry and her outlet. She goes home, she takes care of her grandkids, you know, all the kids are out of the house and she knows that that's her calling. She actually just wrote a book called Forever Faithful, going through all the testimonies of the Lord, healing, provision, divine protection and all these amazing things but you know I just love it wow. because she's not like what you would think of in terms of yeah she's going on the streets yeah she actually doesn't like that she went to IHOP KC um, for a little while and they made her do that she felt very uncomfortable she enjoyed getting pushed out of her comfort zone but she likes just going out and starting conversations with strangers and sharing the love of God and praying for people as it organically happens as she goes out to just do her daily things and so it's a beautiful thing and I know you guys beautiful. are doing an incredible work all over the world and so I'm going to have in the in the description section below the links to um, Lifestyle Christianity Church and University as well as ToddWhiteMinistries.com and so thank you Todd for taking the time to be with me today and <laughs> he got a family and a thriving ministry and so it's a blessing man for you to come on and talk with me today you've definitely impacted my life in a huge way just your boldness and your and your I love the fact that you're so bold um, but that you have such a revelation of the love of God intimacy the finished work and that's the source of everything you do which it should be but I just love that 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 is expressed through your life and I've learned a lot from that so thank you Todd Hey, I wanted to ask you something because I've never met you. This sure. is like my first time meeting you today. Sure, I don't yeah. remember meeting you. I wanted to ask you, um, is there, did you run? Were you, are you a runner? Um, I'm not a runner. Mm -mm. Okay. Um, is there anything that gives you trouble with an ankle? I, well, I did break my ankle when I was 14 and I had pins and, I have pins and screws in my ankle. Yes, I do. My okay. left side. So I just got this, I just got this picture of this of this damaged ankle and I didn't know what it was from. So here, here it is. I'm just going to teach this out just real quick. So, so I have a picture of your ankle and I'm like, okay, why, why did that, why did you show me the ankle? And I'm thinking, okay, well maybe he's a runner. So a word of knowledge is there's a problem with an ankle. The, the asking the question, how did it happen? And maybe suggesting running, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. You weren't a runner, but mm -hmm. I'm right that your ankle's jacked up and that it's not something that is the way that it was created by God to be. Yeah. So that's a word mm -hmm. of knowledge. Okay. So, so what I'd like to do is I'd like to pray for full mobility in your ankle. And I'd like to pray that your pins get removed and God puts bone back in there. And my nerves actually are, have been damaged. My okay. nerves, I can't feel. Come on, bro. 100%. Look, this is powerful, man. Mm -hmm. This is, this is the simplicity of hearing God's voice. You're in a conversation. You're doing an interview on a podcast. And honestly, God speaks. Well, here's the deal. God doesn't play charades. So if he tells me about an ankle, he's not going to leave it the way it is. He's going to do something about it. Mm -hmm. How many years ago was this? You're 14. So yeah, I'm 33 now. Your age. So, no, I'm 33. Okay. So yeah, this is, yeah, this is some right. time ago. That's a great year, man. That's when Jesus was crucified. <laughs> hey, man, I know. Absolutely. <laughs>
<laughs> Let me pray for that ankle, okay? Yeah. And then also, is there any issues um, in in your wife's in your wife's neck? My wife does have. My wife gets neck pain a lot. Yeah, she does. Okay. She okay. got she got into a and car accident down. in her in her twenties that she okay. has a hard time hunching. She gets back pain that, that it could affect her whole back sometimes. Yes. Oh, bro, God's gonna touch her right now. Yeah. It's gonna be amazing. We're gonna pray for her, but we're gonna pray for your ankle. Yeah. So, Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus. God, you don't play charades. You sit, you send forth your word, and it always bears fruit. And I understand that we talk about Scripture, but to me, that means a word of knowledge is your word. That wasn't something that I just came up with. That was something that was real. I couldn't stop thinking about it the whole phone call. So, in the name of Jesus, right now, I speak to that angle, ankle, and I speak to those nerves right now. I speak to those pins. I speak to screws. In the name of Jesus, I command that metal to disappear and for those nerves to come alive right now. In Jesus' name, Father, thank you for complete wholeness. Thank you. Right now, foot, I command you be healed. Ankle, you be healed. Right now, mobility return. Nerves come alive in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. I speak to this as though circulation would begin again right now. That tingling would happen. And that you would completely make it whole right now in Jesus' name. Left ankle, be whole right now in Jesus' name. Be healed. Oof. Wow, I definitely feel tingling and like blood kind of rushing through my ankle right now. Wow. Yeah. Amen. I receive Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that every bit of nerve damage would be released right now. We release the trauma of that in Jesus' name and command it to go. Yes. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Brand new right now. Yes. Brand new. Every bit of blood flow be released, be healed, be made whole in Jesus' name. Yeah. Move your ankle, bro. It should be really, something should really be happening right now. Oh, no, I feel it. I feel like tingling and, oh, you see, touching it right now. I definitely feel like the Lord, I, I still feel the pin, but I, I'm not moved by what I feel. And so I just received this. No, 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 I get moving. that. Yeah. So, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Metal, be removed right now. Dissolve in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that you put brand new bones, ligaments, tendons, anything that's necessary. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Brand new. Thank you, Lord. Check it again. I definitely have my, the feeling is is coming back to the to the area where where it was super sensitive. Jesus, thank you. Yes. Brand new. God, Receive thank you for holding. Thank you, Lord. Amen. This Amen. is something I've prayed for years doctor, ago. Doctor visit is the best. Getting a, getting a scan and seeing. We've had people go back and get scans and the metal's gone. And it is totally <laughs> freaky, especially when you go back to a doctor that did it. It's sure. the best. Sure. Let's pray for your wife. Man. Amen. Father, I think, what's her name? Selena. What's your Selena. Selena. Father, I thank you. In the, Melina? Selena. 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 Belina. Father, I thank you for Belina in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for no more headaches in Jesus' name. I thank you for that neck being completely loosed. Spirit of infirmity, I command you, let her go now in Jesus' name. Trap, you be loosed in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that right now, at this very time, at this very moment, that right now she would feel breakthrough at 458 p.m., that breakthrough would happen and that she would be completely healed. God, thank you that the rotation of her neck 
would be completely loose, that she could look as far to the right as she wants, as far to the left as she wants, and that she could look up, down, back, and forth with zero pain. Jesus, I thank you that the popping ends. I thank you that that, that that pain will not return. God, thank you for her back, her neck, the whole way up and down. In the name of Jesus, we cancel that and command it to be free from this second forward. God, thank you that warmth has come into her neck right now at five o'clock in Jesus' name. Yes. That this would be completely healed. Yes. God, I thank you. You're so good. We love you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. (laughs) Amen. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. And just to confirm for those who are listening, we did not have a discussion before. This is the first time I've ever spoken to Todd. Um, And so praise God. Thank you, Lord. Show and tell like you you, uh, call it. Show and tell. <laughs> well, but, but every believer, every believer has the right to be able to hear God's voice. That's right. Jesus said, my sheep will hear and obey my voice and the strangers they won't follow. It's just learning what voice is talking to you. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. That's what it's about. Amen. Right. Amen. Thank you so much, awesome. Todd. Wow. I received that. I'm going to call my wife as soon as I leave the studio right now. I'm going to call my wife Amen. and we're actually going on a, we're going to Mexico for a few days. We've had a pretty... Um, we, we definitely have need, need some time, you know, a few days here to rest and, yeah. and everything. It's been a very busy time, but man, I appreciate it. I'm going to call her yeah. and, and tell her what happened here today. And she's going to testify to me. I believe that. And so thank you, Todd, but I appreciate you awesome. just being, just pour it out like you do. And so thank you. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yep. All right. Love awesome. You, man. Oh, absolutely. Hope to talk again right. soon. For those who are listening right now, thank you so much to subscribe, to rate, review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed challenged awakened by the gospel of our lord jesus christ bless you guys and i'll talk to you next time on awakened podcast hello let me tell you about this amazing online store the hope filled journey you'll definitely want to check it out today michelle and renee torres they started up this online store in obedience to the holy spirit in the midst of a crazy year like we all know uh, full-time jobs raising four children and they stepped out in faith and god is honoring them every step of the way you go to www.thehopevillejourney.com it's where you'll find extraordinary products clothes fashion accessories jewelry and more Their goal is to inspire faith through their product line as well as high quality in all they do and produce, which we know is very, very important. Um, Check it out today, thehopefilledjourney.com, and you'll get $10 off when you spend $50 or more. And you'll also get $20 off of your purchase if you spend $100 or more with promo code AWAKEN. So go to www.thehopefilledjourney.com. You'll get $10 off when you spend $50 or more, and you'll get $20 off if with, with a purchase of $100 or more with promo code AWAKEN. I highly recommend it. It's an incredible store, so make sure to go to thehopefilledjourney.com today.